Episode 116, recorded Sunday the 8th of December 2012, The Future of Star Wars. This next bit's from the tail end of episode 17, which was our Return of the Jedi podcast, all the way back in 2010. New Trilogy, October 25th, 2010. Big honking Saturday morning rumour here. According to IESB.net, George Lucas will be creating a new trilogy once the first six Star Wars movies go 3D. This echoes what Lucas did in the 1990s after the original trilogy was re-released. Fans can expect the new trilogy after the entire saga is released in 3D, which is expected to be completed around 2015 or 2016. So we're talking hoverboards here, kids. Also, the trilogy is reported to kick off approximately 24 months after the 3Ding of Return of the Jedi, and the next three episodes, which could be either episodes 7 to 9 or 10 to 12, could possibly occur as far as 100 years or 1,000 years in the Star Wars universe future. Furthermore, the IESB source claims that the movie will not focus on the Skywalker clan, thank Christ. Now, James, this is when you first said... Fit him with a restraining bolt. Why would you not want to see three more Star Wars movies? Why? Okay, I, I'm... Did you see the last three? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, last four. Oh, God. Hello. Oh, yeah, of course, you're doing Clone Wars in this one. Bear with me. Bear with me on this one. Right, so initially when I first read, you know, possibly doing more Star Wars films, you instantly think seven to nine. I don't... And and you can't do that, because as much as I haven't read any of it, I know there's so much expanded universe out there. There's nothing not accounted for. I mean, Christ, I I tried reading The Truth of the Kura, which takes place directly after The Return of the Jedi. Yes, the first one. Which sucks. And and I know that there are novels that go... Aren't they fighting lizards in that? Something like that. I don't know. The Rook. The Rook. And they... Yeah. Ugh. Something like that. Don't read that one. But there's there's books and comics and video games and everything accounting for all stories. But none of which Lucas has to be beholden to. He doesn't have. He could just go right. This is seven, eight, and nine, and he could make Vader into. You know, he could bring Vader back and go. I'm not dead. What Star Wars need is Star Wars: The Next Generation. I mean, that's what you know. We need to say, yeah, what went on, what went on, Mm. but we want to tell new stories. Yeah, and you know, and have just faint linkages between the two but we're, we need a new universe and you know what else we need we need something that we can honestly say can have an r rating could you imagine you know Ge- geek's favorite director if uh are you out of your mind listen to me that's his key Why demographic i know with. i know i know but one day lucas has to die too you know a thousand 
years and he he won't look so good, you know. I'm, I'm sure there will be a R-rated something, some sort of project, but they, they were pushing it with the Force Unleashed. I will be very interested when this gets taken out of Lucas ha- Lucas's hands. I don't want him to die. I don't wish bad things on anyone, but I feel like he's not going to let go. He's he's holding on too strongly. I, I, I would like him to let go and step back and let some younger creative types who've got more skill than him get at these fantastic ideas that he's had over the years. Like Stan Lee does that. He doesn't jealously guard Spider-Man. So now we cut forward two and a bit years and... The conclusion to the first ever Digital Gonzo movie podcast review series way back in 2010 was that we would only get potentially great Star Wars films when George Lucas died and his licenses were passed on to new and different production teams. Suddenly on some idle Tuesday, everything changed and the internet's collective jaw dropped. Seemingly aware of the creative stalemate, George made a very shrewd, unselfish and significant decision, releasing his long-standing force grip on the franchise. He decided to hand over the galaxy far, far away while he still had a little light left in his sabre. On October 30th of this year, Lucas sold everything to Disney for $4.5 billion and gave up control. Here to discuss these new developments with me are Paris Lilly of Remember When, who was on the Gonzo Revenge of the Sith episode. Hey, everyone. Hello, Paris. Welcome back. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's great to have you. Chris Brown of the Married Gamers, who was on the Return of the Jedi episode. Hello. Hello, Chris. Welcome back. Uh, thank you. And Matt Ramsey, who has been on more episodes of Gonzo than I care to mention. Twenty. In fact, including <laughs> the Alien Saga, the Predator Trilogy, Firefly, and World War Z. What I've got here is a list of bullet points, and we can discuss each one in turn. So the first bullet point is, why do you think George had this change of heart? Floor's open. Anyone talk? I think because he didn't want to die and have Star Wars move on and never know what it would look like without him. Because we're at that point now. No one trusts no one trusts George Lucas to do Star Wars, at least on film. I mean, the majority of, of fans look at the prequels and, and being crap. But let's just be honest. So why not while while you're still alive, while you're still healthy, while you're still willing and able, hand it off, give it to someone else and see what their vision can be. Because I mean, even if you look in the video game world, look at what Bioware did with the Knights of the Old Republic. Mm. That was just, and that was just a small thing that became huge because it was a different take on the Star Wars universe. So I, I think, I think George Lucas just wised up and realized, Hey, I'm getting older. I'm set in my ways. Why not hand this off and let someone else do it? So I can appreciate Star Wars for what it should be. Being over 40, you know, I sort of understand, like, there comes a time where you just sort of want to see the, what the up and coming team can do with it, you know, mm. see what the, you know, your, your, whoever it may be, you know, ultimately, you know, this, this, uh, new crop of folks who have taken what you have put your life and blood and sweat into and reimagine it in their own way, you know, and, you know, Say what you will about George Lucas, he's always, um, whether funding or, or appearing at, at USC or, or whatnot, he's sort of always embraced, uh, creativity and, 
uh, in all means. And I think, I think this is another step. If you look at the actual Wikipedia page for the what they refer to as the sequel trilogy, episode seven, eight, and nine, they've been rumored since as far back as like Empire Strikes Back, and he's been sort of releasing bits and bobs over the years, saying, "Well, this would be kind of the idea." And then around about the time he was making the prequels, he started going on record and saying, there will be no sequel trilogy. This ends with Jedi. That is it. There is no more. Nothing else. Stop asking. Nothing. Nuh-uh. There will be no more Star Wars. There are six movies, and that's it. Nothing else. No more. And every single time uh, he was asked about it, he was just like, you know, I'm putting a lid on this thing, and that's it. So there had to be something which made him just go, you know what? Maybe this should not be my decision to make. And I actually think one of those things is Red Tails. Anyone remember that? Yeah. Uh, I actually saw it in the theater, and and it's funny you bring that up because I I was going to say that. Because that was something he was very passionate about, and he funded funded himself. Um, And it it was pretty entertaining. I mean, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but it, it was pretty entertaining. And... It's so funny that this happened after that because even when I was watching the movie, I go, "Huh, I wonder if George Lucas would ever go back to Star Wars as I'm watching it." And then, sure enough, he did. He said on the Daily Show that the uh, the dog fighting and that will be the closest you're ever going to get to Star Wars Episode Seven. I think he wanted to do his own movies that weren't Star Wars. He he wanted people to. One of the things that really began to weigh on him was the internet, which hadn't been around when he was creating for, or even when he started doing the Phantom Menace, it was still in its infancy. But by the time he'd finished the prequels, he had daily amounts of hatred from fans telling him he was evil, telling him he was raping the franchise, telling him he was raping their childhood. He had South Park showing him and his mate Steve raping Indiana Jones. It just, it must have got to him eventually. He must have thought, just whatever I do, I'm going to be villainized for this. So I think it was a combination of Red Tails doing not much of, a, of anything in the box office and him thinking, ah, you know what, I, I, I'm kind of done with movies in general now. And feeling, I just want to kind of let go of this responsibility so people will just get off my case. Because I can tell you right now, as someone who's not particularly fantastic at taking criticism, whenever I get like a, a, a persnickety email going, you got this wrong, I'm like, ah, so he must get 10,000 a day of them. Um, <laughs> so I think he just was like, you know, that's it. It's done. Uh, and it's not me anymore. I'll just give this to someone else. And, and yeah, it was a realization that it was going to happen. I think I said this when we were doing that during the podcast. There is no way you can put a lid on Star Wars. It will keep going. Right. It's bigger than everyone. So, well, yeah. And, and, and jumping off of that, perhaps we're just reading all into it. And perhaps the, the real story is, um, yeah, Star Wars is bigger than, than just Lucas. And for a very long time, Disney has been a very good partner yeah. to Lucasfilm. So why not? If if someone's showing that they're a good caretaker, don't you want to leave them in your will? And this is and this is a way of doing so. It is. Also, I wonder whether um, the other big science fiction franchise, of course, bit, other than Star Wars, would be Star Trek, mm. which to some extent was always held to be inviolate. And you know, you could you could spin off from it, and there was new new. Um, a new uh, franchise, new, new sort of stories in the franchise, and then they went and remade it uh, with the 
um, Star Trek. Sexy young cast. Yeah, but they, they completely remade it while still sort of keeping the, the, the history of the franchise intact and, and being respectful to, to what had already gone before. And they made a really, really good film, which I personally think is probably the, my personal favourite Star Trek of the lot. I oh, really like the film and it, it beats the rest of it hands down for me. That was something that I didn't really think would ever happen. I just kind of, to me, it was, Invite. I didn't think anyone would have the balls to do it or would ever be allowed to do it to a certain extent. Mm. It might have been something like that that sort of made him think, well, hang on a minute, maybe if I let this go, it won't be ruined, it won't be spoiled, and you know, I'll be able to watch something excellent. Because there's better directors than George Lucas out there, there's better writers out there mm. who could do incredible things with this. My theory is he was visited in the night by three ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of it, the ghost of the future was Jar Jar in a Sith robe, and he was like, this cannot be. I must give it away. I must give away everything I have, because he did literally give it away. That $4.5 billion, uh, and I think half of it was in Disney shares, but most of it, he has channeled into education charities that that he set up himself, and it's he's not going to take that 4.5 billion and buy himself a country he's giving that back which is actually kind of lovely yeah and, and if you think about it that was a bargain that mm. he sold star wars to disney i mean because it's it's star wars he gave them everything ilm everything lucasfilm owned is now owned by disney and at 4 billion that's peanuts there's yeah. no way you can tell me that was worth only $4 billion. So he, he purposely knew what he was doing. He wanted Disney to have this. And like you're saying, he, he felt like they were going to be the perfect caretakers for it. And, and, and to some extent, I do agree because now does not only does Disney own Star Wars, they own Marvel. They obviously have Pixar. They have all these different houses, you know, things within house that can help expand the Disney universe. Can I mean, could you imagine Pixar? doing something with Star Wars. I It'd said that fantastic. when we were doing the podcast. I wanted to see a droids remake, but by Pixar. Right. Oh, God, that would be awesome. And all of this stuff is now possible because they're not relegated to just doing the sequel trilogy. There is the talk of spin-offs, which we'll get to in a second. Also, he's kept Kathleen Kennedy uh, in the producer role. So she is the godfather overseeing all of this. Kind of like, is it Kevin Feige, the uh, the guy who pretty much exec produces all the Marvel stuff? Uh, yeah, I believe so. And I suppose Joss Whedon is now overseeing phase two of the Avengers initiative. And um, uh, Chris Nolan's looking over the, uh, the Justice League. There, there needs to be that sense of one person with creative vision in charge. Well, not, not to jump ahead but one theory i i've had with the star wars uh, uh sequels that are going to come up i think it's going to be matthew vaughn yeah no i i, I, I thought that for a few weeks now because why would he leave x-men i mean what fox is fox is basically trying to turn x-men into what disney's currently doing with marvel and the avengers so why would he leave that franchise? It's got to be it's something, something bigger. bigger. What, yeah. what gets bigger than that? Well, um, Jason Fleming, who's uh, one of Matthew Vaughn's mates and is in every one of his movies, usually in bit part roles, uh, was recently being interviewed, and there's a little snippet of him on the forums. And have you uh, have you chatted to Matthew at all about uh, any Star Wars potential? Because that could be that could be free films <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, me and Matt have done uh, nine films together, so. Um, I'm sure I get the call for Star Wars, but I'm sure it's going to be literally Fleming. No, Fleming. I know on paper it doesn't look like much, but I promise you, it's essential to the path. So we'll see what happens. Is Matthew interested, though? Do you think in what Star Wars? Star Wars I think yeah. that's. Who is he? Come on. 
Uh, yeah, he's interested, yeah. Bar the deal. <laughs> and he sort of like looked around sheepishly in a kind of, oh, that's not common knowledge yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, Jason, you kind of put your foot in it there. But that's really heartening to me because Matthew Vaughan hasn't made bad films ever. I've, I've, Paris and Chris, have you guys seen Layer Cake? No, I've not. No. Chris? It's fantastic. It is the it is one of the best British crime films ever. It's got overtones of the Long Good Friday in there. It's yeah, Daniel Craig just before he was Bond, and uh, it's it's very good. And he also did Kick Ass and Stardust and uh, X Men First Class. So he's you know a heavy hitter, but he has the uh, sense of he understands people, which goes very well into his movies, which are usually heavy on characterization as well. So yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, let's just go back a little bit. Kathleen Kennedy is uh, is a long-standing um, uh, associate of uh, George Lucas, so it's not like everything from Lucasfilm is now being passed straight to Disney. He's kind of put his guy up there and said, like, she's doing all the stuff which I'm now too tired to do, which, again, is great. Um, however, that he is going to have input into uh, the uh, upcoming films, <laughs> How much input would you guys like him to have? Preferably. I'd like him to have none. But, <laughs> but I, I did read just just the other day. He actually said it would be very minimal. It won't be. It won't be a lot at all. He he said something of the lines. He goes, "I won't have much to do." Gotcha. You obviously when you when you hand over the keys to the kingdom to someone, uh, the person receiving the keys uh, will obviously say the most complimentary th- things. Hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, and truth truth is, Lucas is ready for the next phase of his life. Yeah. The phase of not getting hate mail every day. Because I think this will actually <laughs> alleviate a lot of that. Because, I mean, seriously, if people are still now writing him, you suck, you can't direct movies, then they're being very petty. Um. I actually hope that that does stop because he has, this is, this is a good thing. Whatever his motivations were, even if it was just to make the letters stop, please. Even if it was just for that, then he deserves his peace. Matt, what, what would you like regarding his input for seven onwards? Uh, yeah, none, basically. <laughs> what, like not even designing a producer aliens? credit or something, but it's got to be someone else. He can't, he can't hand over the reins and then just cling on to them as well because that's just going to be, uh, it just won't work. It's he, not really he, It's not him anymore. Yeah. He needs to let go and move on, and, and you can't do that 90% of the way. It's 100% or nothing, really. Yeah. If he's involved in it, people are going to give him too much deference for the fact that it's his project, and it's just going to be a horrible mess. So now Part of the reason why the prequels were so absolutely compromised because everyone was terrified of him. No one was able to say boo to him and say, George, I think we need to go back to the drawing board on this one. Get this script doctored. Get it completely rewritten. Dude, this character's ridiculous. He's worse than Ewoks. <laughs> Smack. He is. No. I t- That's easy to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ultimately, Phantom Menace should have been the wake-up call, and then the second two should have been had much more attention paid to them, but they got progressively worse. Uh, I, no, I don't know. Hayden Christensen can't act. Smack. No. There's it's debate what- that Sith is worse or better. Uh, I don't know. Either way, they all suck. But, but clones sucks the most. <laughs>
Right, now, so on to the actual creative side of uh, Star Wars 7 onwards. Uh, the time frame is between 20 and 40 years after Jedi. However, the rumour is that uh, they're going to be bringing back a lot of the cast members, which makes perfect sense. Like with Star Trek XI, uh, they brought back Leonard Nimoy to kind of usher in the new generation and say to the fans, look, it's okay, we're in good hands, look how much reverence we pay to the originals. And then, you know, move it on to the next generation of the, you know, the kids can do it after that. Which means it's going to have to be, like, in the later side of that. Like, it's been... Let's see, by the time of 2015, it'll be nearly 40 years since Star Wars came out. Yes, uh, my my mad theory is uh, they're all tr- were have been trapped in carbonite, <laughs> and and is sitting on the new whoever the new Darth Vader stand-in character is uh, a wall for the past uh, few decades. <laughs> <laughs> I think when this originally started coming out, I was I was writing on the forum adamantly. If they bring back the cast members, they limit themselves because if you make this only twenty years afterwards, you can cast younger, let's face it, more talented, more contemporary actors to actually portray these older characters, and people will be like, "Okay, you're doing a pretty good version of Mark Hamill there." Uh, but and, you know, for example, my number one pick for Han Solo, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> that could work. Awesome. No, no, that 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 could work. But if I could jump in for a second, yeah, I cringe at this whole thing. <laughs> I like really getting do. the oldies back in because yeah, because you know, like Carrie Fisher's been running her mouth lately. Billy <laughs> D. Williams is you know running around with a bottle of Colt forty five begging to come back, and it's just <laughs> how about. How about we just and, oh, and the biggest thing is is Darth Vader, and the yeah, reason I say Darth that's Vader rumor, is. Yeah. If you only go 20, 40 years ahead, you're really going to tell me that they're going to be able to to have a villain. The biggest thing is no matter who the villain's going to be, you're going to compare it to Darth Vader. Absolutely. So if he's only going to be 20, 40 years in the future, where was this guy during the whole trilogy? That That's what people are going to say. Well, where was this guy when when Vader and the Emperor are doing their thing? Where was well, he? How are you going to explain this? He is old, living on another planet. Uh, but well... Well, you know, Mark Hamill is a really good voice actor. Yes, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I personally would love to see this jump a hundred years. Just get completely away from what, mm. like, what happened in the original trilogy happened. Mm. You could even at the end of these three trilogies have a quick Mark Hamill cameo. He's, you know, this ultimate Jedi that's learned to live way past his normal, you know, expected lifespan. So like a 120-year-old Jedi. Exactly. Or 120 years old. Do. Yeah. <laughs> Just reboot this thing, acknowledge what happened happened, but let's just get new new actors in here. Let's just get a completely new story in here. Let's have the Jedi Order be reestablished. Let's mm. truly have Jedi in here that can do the things that Je- we want to see Jedi be able to do. Because if you only go 20, 40 years or, you know, 20, 40 years ahead, the Jedi Order hasn't really been reestablished at that point. You can't expect he Luke would still be in the process. I would like that process to be done. And I would like to see the Jedi Council reestablish just everything, and let's just get back to the lore of what we want Star Wars to be. But if they just basically just pick up right after Return of the Jedi, it's impossible. And I don't need, you know, I don't need the the Friars Banquet 
bringing back all the oldies. Let's just get the new guys in there. <laughs> you know, Skywalker. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I'm okay, still well, think about this. What if Luke Skywalker and Michael Fassbender have to travel around finding these young Jedi kids and saying, come and join my J-Men? It's Matthew Vaughn. Well, think about it. Well, okay. Well, then you could have Hugh Jackman just sitting at a bar and tell him <laughs> to F off. <laughs> It'll be perfect. <laughs> you don't literally have to remake it. But the, as in, like, as, I'm, I'm kidding, but the, it's... It actually fits in really neatly with the whole idea of X-Men. That you're getting these teenage Jedi, because all these Force-sensitive people were being born after the Death Star exploded. Death Star 2. And, um, you know, now beyond the thrall of the Emperor who could have found them and killed them, they're just finding out about their Force powers, so you can tie it in with the whole teen angst thing. Brilliant! <laughs> well, this... <sighs> This ties into the other question, which is whether they're going to completely ignore the expanded universe or whether they're going to that's take a, any of that into well, account. Because it, in the expanded universe, that's pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, Luke Skywalker travelled the galaxy with a bunch of other people looking for Force-sensitive people to, to restart the Jedi Order. And what he was finding was a lot of people who'd been born in... Like on uh, Dagobah, Yoda was hidden from... Uh, the emperor because of the uh, the, the cave mm. it kind of blotted out his presence if you like and he found a lot of people like that which is one way that you could find all these people who suddenly had, had managed to escape the, uh, the the purge that the emperor went through yeah and because i mean it, they're gonna they're gonna think about the actual maybe not the science of it but the spirituality of it and the idea that you can't destroy the jedi's energy and the affinity with the force is going to occur naturally yes don't even say the m word but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and this is there's a lot of good stories. I know that you're not overly keen on, on most of them, but there are a lot of good stories in in the expanded universe. Some of them aren't particularly handled as well as they might be. Some of them, however, are. For me personally, I think uh, I would prefer to go further in into the future as well and just have a complete clean break mm. and use the, the previous three films. There's only three um, to, to as, as a, a, a history to then expand on. The the problem you've got now is you've got Billy D. Williams is 75 and he looks 75. Carrie Fish is 60 something. She looks 75. You know these people are not exactly. Thank you. They've led you know diff- hard lives. Some of them. They're not looking their best, and Harrison they're going to look Ford like looked way too old to play indie. Already, yeah. and that was that will be nearly ten be years 17. before uh, when this when when he finally ends up being ten years older than he was when he was too old to play indie. Well, yeah. well, that goes back to my point. This is why I cringe. I don't want to see them in <laughs> but it's any gonna type of role other than a two minute cameo. Cameo. At best. I'd love to see him in a cameo. I mean, again, yeah. with the expanded universe, one of the things that, that that established, I can't which book it was and whether that was widely accepted or not, I don't know, is that in, in the Star Wars universe, humans live a lot longer than they do here. I think they live to about 150, 160. Oh, is, that right? is, is the end of their natural life. That's one, certainly one of the books or, or part of the expanded universe did, did uh, put that down. How old was uh, in Baru which case, then? God knows. Because she was 300. Really <laughs> um... And and so that would be one way of doing it. You could still have that much further in, in uh, ah, further yeah. in the future setting. Have those as their cameos. You've got Luke who has re-established the Jedi Order and is now the Grand Master, but is nearing the end of his life. Yeah. Um, 
Han and Leia have had you know, countless children and grandchildren and all the rest yeah. of it. And they're now at the end of their life and, and it's one of their great grandchildren or something that, mm. that, uh, is, you know, the, the star of the, or even the villain of the piece. Who knows? And it really depends on whether they decide to just completely eradicate the expanded universe and ignore it yeah. entirely. They've got three gonna... choices. They can either slavishly stick to it, which is ridiculous and they're not going to. Terrible. We already terrible know that they're do that. They've announced Awful they're not going to do that. Uh, it's, I mean, a lot of them even contradict each other, so there's no possible way to do that. Uh, they could ignore it completely and basically just make up whatever they want, which is a possibility. Or, my personal favourite, take little bits, bits that work, uh, like, say, say the Heir to the Empire trilogy actually happened. Mm. I mean, to be honest, that would have been the best idea, would be to make that in the 90s, uh, mm. make the, the, the next three films that, because it's, it's an incredibly good uh, trilogy of books. It yeah. works really well. You could have made good movies out of it, and the, uh, the actors would have been the right sort of age. Yeah. And, and Thrawn is an absolutely fantastic character who actually would have been a worthy successor to Darth Vader. But oh, now, I mean, they, they can't actually, feasibly, no, they, can't. they could play with time and just go, look, we're taking this character of Thrawn, we're bringing him back 40 years later, and he's just this age now. So, you know, get used to the it. The problem with that is, though, that Thrawn then would, wouldn't be too old. Cause the because whole, he's actually he was, to the He was the, 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 the ultimate sort of output of the Imperial training. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess you could do that. I mean, <laughs> and but, freeze every single one of the remaining empire. Yeah, you've got to freeze quite a lot of people. And, and bear in mind that the first time anyone got frozen in carbonite was Han Solo. So this at, is not something that's supposed to be done. At, so, at, this is two Star Wars geeks talking. <laughs> Lefty and Paris have just gone to sleep. As well, 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 the ob- the obvious solution is uh, the uh, the whole the whole gangs together on the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. heading towards the Wookiee home world for yet another holiday special and then <laughs> bam life day the, the falcon is destroyed and it's like <laughs> and uh, uh, you know son son of Jaina solo I, or I don't know maybe okay right as well as Thrawn Mara Jade Jason Jaina and Anakin solo are actually good characters that they could bring forwards and they could go you know what let's cherry pick those characters because people have kind of grown used to these guys already. So if we're going to have the uh, the solos have kids, might as well be the same kids they had in the books. Yeah, I I, I still cringe. I still <laughs> yeah. cringe at this. I don't want the Skywalker solo kids. You know the next. You know I don't need Star Wars the next generation. I don't want to <laughs> see that. I would. I Here's again. I would been- love to see this just move hundreds of years in the future. You know, we in the first couple of movies get attached to a particular character. This character becomes the hero mm. we expect him to be, and then in that final movie, have this tragic fall to the dark side or something. You, you know what I mean? Do what Lucas wanted the, the story that he wanted to tell with Anakin that he dropped the ball on. Yeah, tell it with this, with another character. We do not see it coming, and then it just makes it tragic, this tragic rise and fall of this character to the dark side. It would be a fantastic Star Wars story if they if they would be willing to do something like that. I just, you know, like, we're sitting here talking about, the, the you know, the Skywalker and the Solo kids and their, you know, their adventures in space and all this stuff. I don't want to yeah. see that. I've already read the stuff in the books. They should be smart enough to know that the, the diehard Star Wars fans have, have been reading 
this material for the last 20 years, hmm. do something original. I want to see something original in the Star Wars universe that none of us see coming. You know, because they, I mean, they already know that first movie is going to set records at the box office. It just is. But surprise all of us and don't just, you know, don't just cash it in. Do something we're not expecting. And that's why, again, I go back to this Matt Vaughn rumor. If it's Matt Vaughn, we've seen what he's done with X in first class. We've seen what he's done with X, et cetera, et cetera. This guy's smart. He knows how to tell a good story. Let him do it if it is him. That, mm. that, that's all I ask. Uh, we got the writer as well, uh, Michael Arndt, the uh, guy behind Toy Story 3 and Little Miss Sunshine. Talented guy. Uh, you know, fairly sensitive as well. So I'm, I'm, I think... You know, it's in good hands. And, uh, yeah, if, if it is Vaughn. By the way, this is going to be the most dated podcast that I've done. <laughs> the second we get any new development, and it's definitely Zack Snyder directing episode seven, this is going to seem ridiculously old. It's like, you know, speculative uh, discussion about what the prequels are going to be like in 1998. <laughs> so we'll do an update to the update. When that comes along. Um, there's a rumor that uh, not only Billy D. Williams and uh, the original tri- trio from uh, Star Wars, but Ewan McGregor's been approached. Possible return of ghosty Obi-Wan. Not sure how that's going to work, though. <sighs> so. He's a ghost. They can do whatever they like with him. Also, you could even have flashbacks to him on Tatooine. Yeah, or or maybe they just do the whole, you know, sort of the beginning of of uh, Lord of the Rings, where they have that whole grand sweep of history, and they'll have these folks, you know, digitized young, and, and that's oh, that's the extent, that's the extent of their involvement, you know, to to catch people up with, you know, as if, hmm. you know, there's there, there's still people out there who've never seen. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> this film is but... not for them. <laughs> they need to get themselves some Star Wars to watch first. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, the prologue in Lord of the Rings was to catch you up on page after page after page of Tolkien history in seven minutes. There's no one in the audience who's going to be like, okay, so who's that guy in the black again? <laughs> so, uh, but okay, right. Let us address the Darth Vader Returns rumor. The dumbest idea in the history of everything as far as I'm concerned I might be I might have egg on my face in 2015 when he comes back and he's awesome but if you hang on to this guy now it is like open admission that you can't write a better character than Darth Vader no it can't possibly happen no I mean whoever they they create has got to be better than let's face it a pretty black and white and by black and white I mean the blackest brother in the galaxy Darth Vader. I mean, they, they, they've already done a better uh, villain in in terms of Thrawn. It's someone more complex, someone with different motivations who doesn't just want to control. No. I mean, how would oh. you even do that? The ghost of Anakin goes into this reanimated corpse in a robot suit. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, again, expanded universe. The Emperor came back because his body was destroyed, but his malevolent dark side spirit wasn't and he mm. went into a clone body which was uh, Dark Empire which is a very good comic series but yep. <laughs> I can't see that working yep. with Darth when Vader. he died Vader had yeah. turned around so if you bring him back yeah. it's got to be that white that's... alternate Darth Vader who wants to do nice things and I, that doesn't really work because you know, that's not the light side way and all the rest of it. I, I can't I can't think of a single way that it would work and wouldn't be utter horseshit it is. and plus Vader was Vader because he had to be, you know. 
the uh, burning himself up in you know in the uh, the mining planet on, yeah. on the whatever. If his ghost inhabits a body, is, could he not inhabit a good body, one that with working lungs? <laughs> it just it, it makes no sense. I mean, maybe just build a robot Vader. That's the only. <laughs> There's no way you could do it. There is no way you can do this. It doesn't work. If they no, can, in it, be very. Hey, this is Alex, and I'm uh, I'm in the middle of editing this podcast, and I just, on listening to that last discussion, had a brainwave. Okay, so the essential conundrum is that you can't bring back Darth Vader because his story has played out. His soul is at peace. His body is wasted. There's that you you can't bring him into the new story. However, Godfather Part Two route would allow you to well for a start you'd have to break the standard linear narrative of every single Star Wars film, but it would allow you to do flashbacks to that period between episodes three and four, uh, uh, and show Darth Vader hunting down all the Jedi, and this way. You can get a bit of Darth Vader in there, not make him the focus, but get him in there so that the punters go, yes, this is the Vader we wanted to see in the prequels, yes! And you can have him hunting down Jedi, being a total badass that you always thought he was going to be. And you can get in a young Kenobi if Ewan McGregor is actually amenable to that kind of thing. And you can have his actions there impact on whoever the major player characters are going to be in this later film. So effectively, it's like a flashback. And this is pretty much what happened at the beginning of The Force Unleashed. They did it perfectly well there. They can do that. And my money right now, if it's a decent screenwriter, is on that, rather than bringing Vader forwards to actually be a major player character in the present day story, as it were. Okay? There you go. That is how they could do it. Yeah, and, and again, just going back to whoever the, the villain is going to be, it, it cannot be anything that's similar to Darth Vader. It just, because the comparisons, if it's cool, it'll yeah. never live, it, it'll never live up to the legend. It needs to be just the complete opposite of what in our minds we think probably this villain is going to be. It might not even be a Sith. It might be something else. Yeah. You know, it might be something that the Jedi themselves have never had to deal with before. I mean, they got to think outside the box on this, you know, to make it worthwhile. Just like, uh, this is for Matt, a particularly evolved and angry Isalmari, one of those force-rejecting slug things. Mm. I, I don't know, maybe you know, son, of, son of Jabba the Hutt, back to take revenge on Leia. Jabba's son's already turned up. His name's Rotter the Hutt, and he was in the Clone Wars film. Only he was a little baby hut. Oh, you know, it, it, <laughs> sorry, Leia. There's a completely different pronunciation. <laughs> and, and you know what, though, too, uh, the suggestion of maybe not someone like you know a, a Sith uh, brings it a focus. You know, in these new Star Wars, personally, I I I want to see the re, the, the resurgence of the smuggler, the scoundrel. Mm. You know, the the first tr- three trilogies. While while I I did. Uh, for the most part, enjoy them. I missed that sort of that sort of uh, the crime segment of, of this of the society. You know, um, it, it, it's everything. You know, even even you know, Clone Wars. It's you know, Jedi, 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 Jedi. You know, I, that's I loved. You know, growing up, you know, I wanted to be a Jedi, but now. I want to. I want to see the guy who shoots Greedo first. Yeah, know? the Jedi are very, very cool. You know, lightsabers, you know, telekinesis, and all the rest of it. Mm. 
and unfortunately that was emphasized far too much in the prequels and, yeah. and pretty much everything since the problem with the Jedi is they, they suppress their emotions which makes them often to have a two-dimensional uh, more than two-dimensional uh, a deep Jedi you have to have someone who isn't actually really a very good Jedi because they're not mm. suppressing their emotions and they can be quite dry in the books there was all uh, well certainly a lot of the books that, that was always a key thing um, was Jedi kind of struggling to make bonds with with other people and still dedicate themselves to being Jedi that was something that came up several times um, and in actual fact the Jedi order changed to avoid, so as they didn't close themselves off to their emotions so much but mm. it I want to see Jedi, Jedi getting married for a start. I mean, get get rid of all those stupid rules about kidnapping children yeah. from the prequel. Well, exactly, that yeah. That's creepy as all hell. The problem with the Jedi is that they're basically they're they're machines. They're 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 not characters. They're just they're devoid of human emotion. And yeah, because no they're not even in control of their own actions because they give themselves over to the Force so much, and the Force basically. More or less controls them, so then just they're they're just there to wield the lightsaber, which kind of gets dull. Then you have smugglers, which are really interesting and cool. I would definitely like to see a lot more of that as well. Well, you may get your wish because one one of the plans is to do spin-offs to the main trilogy, which will allow them to focus, uh, like with the Marvel films, on individual characters. Only they're doing it backwards. It won't. It'll be like what they're doing with Justice League. They will have episode seven, and then hey, you like this character? He's got his own film. And they will then be able to branch off from that. And if, effectively, that gives them license to do anything. License to print money. They can do any story about any character. And it'll sell. Um, no, it absolutely, it absolutely will sell if, if done correctly. I mean, for but for every Iron Man mm-hmm. that you have, you're going to also have uh, Wolverine's origin. So you yeah. got to... <laughs> You have to find the balance in in between the two to make it work, or you're just going to run the franchise into the ground. It looks like X-Men might survive the things that they did previously, and Marvel has obviously done a, a good job so far with what they've been doing you know, with, with all the Avengers tie-ins. But um, it, it could easily backfire. I mean, for example, and, and they wouldn't do anything crazy like this, obviously, but if you were to have a Jar Jar Binks spinoff movie, it is going to fail, and it's going to fail horribly. So... <laughs> They have to be smart about the character that they spin off first because that's going to be the key. I mean, you if you take a, a, a well-known character and he's a popular character and the movie tanks, that kills it for everyone else, in my opinion. And, and let's not forget, this is the studio that made John Carter. Yeah. Yes. They're not that. only going to make the best decisions. I'm also, I'm kind of baffled that they're doing Guardians of the Galaxy at all. No one's even heard of it. So if if now, you know, two years beforehand, when Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, if it does really, really well on the back of the Avengers, and because everyone's excited about Avengers 2, I'll eat my words. But tell me one per- – if you walk into a bus station and go, like, who's heard of Star-Lord? Not one hand will stick up at that point. No one's heard of Guardians of the Galaxy. Nope. That already sounds like they're like, oh, what else have we got? Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, anyone? There is a bottom to this barrel. I don't know. Um, but what would you guys like to see in terms of spin-off thematically? Obviously, because we don't have any um, uh, characters you know, held down yet. Well, I think an easy one would be a, uh, some type of uh, bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it obviously won't be Boba Fett, but... Some type of bounty. I don't know, man. They could feasibly do a Boba Fett, like a really old Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, I hope not. But 
<laughs> but seventy-year-old Boba Fett. But show the seedier side of of this universe. Kind of show the back alley version of this universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, seen through the eyes of a bounty hunter. Yeah. And the things that they have to go through. Yeah. That way, you can cut out all the political BS, and you just get down to the nitty down to the nitty gritty. Yeah, I, I, I agree that that absolutely should be a smuggler one. Uh, what, yeah. yeah, when I say smuggler, you, you know what I mean. That the whole the underworld thing, Star Wars underworld, right there. Simple enough. Yeah. Is the title. Also, they could they could do um, again getting away from the the Jedi side of things. They could do a, a sort of Battlestar Galactica, the the reboot of it. You, the, the, you could have a, a, a fleet-based thing following a, a squadron of, of X-wing pilots or sort of whatever version, you know, similar sort of thing uh, in the future. That could work pretty well. Yeah, it worked for Battlestar Galactica certainly. So uh, yeah, the first season of Battlestar Galactica, but with the Star Wars um, overlay, almost <laughs> would work pretty well indeed. Yeah. I mean, Rogue Squadron was was a pretty big big deal in the expanded universe, games, books, comics fucking shitloads of stuff if you pardon my French there was tons and tons and tons of stuff about Rogue Squadron and most of it was pretty good as well and uh, people really like that kind of thing I kind of want to play Rogue Leader on the GameCube I'm looking at my shelf right now <laughs> yeah and that, that I reckon could really really work because it, it's you know you have a, a a small fleet a patrol fleet or something you've got different ships you can have different factions on those ships yeah. it could work incredibly well other facets you guys want to see? Uh, definitely something um, on on Ewoks. Um, <laughs> was Caravan really like of know, Courage not good enough for you? I really like to know more about their mating rituals and uh, <laughs> okay, their, their social. Wrong with me here, Chris. <laughs> no, no, seriously, no, seriously though. Uh, this is Disney, and it, I think uh, not everything has to be for us. Oh, not sure. And I think one that's more kiddie related. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, and you mentioned droids uh, earlier in the show. You know, um, kids, you know, as a little, as a kid myself, when, when, uh, Return of the Jedi came out, you know, I liked Ewoks. You know, I, I know better nowadays, Love but, the Ewoks. you know, <laughs> when I was a kid, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't, uh, a, an Ewok themed, you know, be it a cartoon or, or or Pixar, you know, for for the kids, you know, I, I could see that I I could see that working. Okay, it may not be something I rush out and you know buy my ticket for, but uh, um, you know, it then again, you know, it's Star Wars. It's 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 larger than me. Mm. I think ultimately that's that's the thing that kind of not worries me isn't really thing, but that I, I think that this is going to be three films that are made for kids, not for Star Wars fans not for us if you like you I think, think that 7, 8 and 9 are going to be for uh, for kids like the original films were they're not going to be written for the the uh, ex, the Star Wars fans who are now in their 30s they're going to be written for kids hopefully they'll be written for us as well but they're, they're going to I'm, be kids films I disagree I think it's the opposite I think they're actually going to look at why the prequels sucked and why everyone hates them and write a film that like Toy Story 3 is not for kids but kids can appreciate and adore it. But as an adult, the theme of Toy Story 3 is about letting go of your children when they go to college. That's not for kids. And I actually trust them at this point to finally do a film that actually 
will be for a family. And when I say family, I don't mean like just for kids and there's some stupid jokes and well, some, some clever jokes in there for the parents and some slapstick jokes for the kids. I actually think it'll be something more like uh, Star Trek Eleven. You know, I, I think you're overestimating Hollywood. I mean, those those uh, prequels made a lot of money, yeah, despite you know thing. whatever. And and really, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm looking forward to uh, to you on Twitter publicly um, uh, lashing <laughs> <was> out wrong. <laughs> when 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 they cast Robert Pat- Pattinson. And, oh my God! Uh, <laughs> sparkling Jedi. <laughs> As a rejuvenated Han Solo who's gone through a time warp or something, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we all know that they've definitely got to get 10-year-old boys. Once they've got the 10-year-old boy market, they can sell bajillions of toys. So there will be that market definitely catered for. Well, you know, I, I think you hit on something pretty key, is the fact that they did get the Toy Story 3 writer yeah. to, to do this. Because I don't know about you guys, but... Every adult in that theater, when I took my kids to go see it, we all had tears in our eyes at the end, but the kids did not. They loved it. So they were able to create that balance of it It got the kids invested, but it also hit the adults on a different level. And the reason I say that is they have to know, okay, yes, we, we got to get the kids. We got to get the new generation. I think they're, they're already doing that with these Clone Wars cartoons. I think yeah. they're going to supplement – the, the the television side of it with the movie side. And if you look at the way franchises have been rebooted in the last 10 years, I mean, just take James Bond, for example, they're going darker. I'm not saying Star Wars is going to be this bloody dark mess, but it's going to, I think these trilogies will have some type of edge to them if they're yeah. smart. At But at the same time, also give kids, ha, have the kids invested. And when we talk these spinoffs, kind of like, you know, Lefty was saying, like, with, you know, droids and Ewoks and stuff like that. I mean, what if they were able to actually do a Star Wars holiday special that didn't suck? <laughs> you know what I mean? That is going to grab the kids. That's that's how you do it. And then as they grow up and as they go into their teens and into adulthood, there's Episode 8, there's Episode 9 and, you know, spinoffs and beyond that they can appreciate beyond just being a kid. Because the beauty of the original trilogies was as a kid I loved them, but now as an adult I can go back and at least Empire Strikes Back anyways, I can watch and still appreciate. And that and that's that fine balance that George Lucas kind of started to lose with Return of the Jedi and then going into the prequels that I think if he was simply in this to just keep keep the train going, he wouldn't have relinquished control. Because yes, these movies all still make money and if he was just trying to still make money he wouldn't want someone else to come in and change the vision of it. It would yeah. still be his vision. So I, I, I will at least tip my cap to him that he's realized that Star Wars needs to change. And he is not the person to be able to do it. So he's giving it to someone else. Very well said. Yeah. Also, who mentioned John Carter? Yeah, me. Yeah, Chris, that is a cautionary tale for Disney now. They now know that they can't just lazily poop out a... You know what? I've been doing so many clean shows for so long, I haven't, I've forgotten how to swear. They can't just lazily shit out, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> an easy Star Wars film and just hope that people are going to go see it. I feel like if Episode 7 really sucks, they could kill it. 
they could straight out kill it. I know the people, uh, Paris, you were, um, I'm listening to, uh, remember when again, and, uh, you were just talking about that you were astonished at the box office for Phantom Menace in 3D. People are still going back to see it! Yeah, yeah. Hurt like, me again, George! Yeah, 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 please. <laughs> Take That's more of my money, of please. Yeah, Why? We've got it on DVD and Blu-ray, oh, it's terrible! Yeah. But that's this, the, this, that's this, the thing this, you don't it. understand. Most yeah. people don't give that much of a shit about this stuff. They just like going, oh, explosions, lightsabers, wicked. Beer, anyone? Or even more likely, right, let's go home because mummy and daddy are tired and poor. Everyone so no one gives that much of a shit. No one's looking at it that much. No one. That's why these films make so much money, and that's what Disney want to do. <sighs> okay, but I... I that's what I'm worried you about. You don't hire Michael Arndt and Matthew Vaughn and then just do John Carter. From the director of Wally and Finding Nemo, John Cotter, rated PG-13. I think they are gearing up for something good. Um, actually, speaking of people they're hiring, uh, for these spin-offs, it has been confirmed that Lawrence Kasdan, he of the writer and producer of Empire and Return of the Jedi, has been retained to write at least one of these spin-offs. And Simon Kinberg, who wrote Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, uh, again, they're hiring. I mean, for a start, the Lawrence Kasdan thing, someone said, someone at Disney said, when was Star Wars at its best? Empire, obviously. And the fact that the room all said Empire, obviously, allowed them to go, let's get Lawrence back. What else has he written recently? Dreamcatcher? Let's just forget about that, shall we? I don't know. It's, it's, I'm fascinated to see what Kazdan can now do 35 years on. A Wampa's life. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he could be doing the smuggler one. I don't know. Do they want, I mean, is that, is that the definition of gritty? The, uh, the Empire Strikes Back? Or do you want to get someone a bit, uh, a bit more serious for that kind of thing? I don't know. Well, I, I think if, if, as long as you go on an Empire Strikes Back level, it had that perfect balance of, it was kind of the opposite of what I was just saying with Toy Story 3, because I remember being a kid in 1980, walking out of the theater with tears in my eyes, because I didn't know what was going to happen to Han Solo. That, Whereas right. adults got to obviously That's enjoy right. it because of the lightsaber battle with, you know, Luke and Darth Vader and all that kind of stuff. So just hit that level and they're, they're fine. You know, give both sides of the coin what they want and, and they're fine. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it is doable. It's not just a coin. It's not binary. You're not either a kid or an adult. There's so many gradations in between that ultimately if you're just being targeted, you can usually tell. Uh, the, the, the prequels targeted girls with the Titanic-style love story in the second one, which, by the way, sunk just like the Titanic. They went out of their way to go, right, and we'll put Samuel L. Jackson in there for the African-American community because the African-American community would be like, ah, oh, Jaja Binks, that's, that's kind of racist. <laughs> Not kind of. It was <laughs> <laughs> totally. So yeah, th- there was a lot of very carefully like pigeonholing people in those prequels. It's not a straightforward. You're an adult or you're a kid. Definitely, there's a there's a huge market for teens, and then there's everyone in between, and then there's people like us, like you know, who are impossible to market to because we can smell bullshit a mile away. So I, I don't know. I think with the event, what. 
You keep talking about the Avengers on the podcast, Paris, and you keep going back and forth as to whether you like it or not. What, what's your final summation? I'm not going back and forth. I'm clearly on the fence that it's terrible. It's a terrible movie now. When you watch it in the theater, it's fantastic because uh-huh. you get the energy of the crowd. It is a fun summer popcorn blockbuster movie. But when you go back and watch it at home and you really tie in on the plot and see what's going on, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's a ridiculous movie. It's It has the billion-dollar money shot with the Hulk and all of them, and they they take the camera around them and all that. That's all great and fun. But the movie as a whole is terrible. Okay. And I, and I will not back down from that. <laughs> That's fine. I'm not going to make you. I, I will just ask, did you ever go and see Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Yes, I did, and it was terrible. <laughs> okay. At least you didn't say that was good and the Avengers is terrible. <sighs> what about Total Recall? Did you see that? No, I have actually not seen the reboot yet. I, I still right. got to watch it. Okay, I just I, I got to that stage. Uh, folks at home, uh, check out Remember When's episode fairly recently on the Empire Strikes Back. It's all Bring My Shuttle. Fantastic stuff. you want to see and what you don't want to see in the trilogy as in the new trilogy and uh, the new Star Wars films how about that Um, but I'm going to mention two things first before we start because they're kind of these are things that actually will work I believe in the new trilogy one is R2 and 3PO and two is the Falcon So what do you guys think? Don't do that. Don't don't put both of those guys in there. Um, don't I can all three people and R two D two in there because seriously, yeah, no droids. Well, have droids. Just have different ones for God's sake. They're just no, just don't do it. Just no R two three PO. Um, robots run, running the universe, and then we can get Darth Vader because he's really a robot. <laughs> <laughs> With Darth Vader bringing him back is it's like a crutch and it's like they can't carry on. With R2 and 3PO, they were always the Greek chorus that you root for. That you know the, the little guys, the hobbits. They were the guys who really shouldn't be there. And swapping them out for, for droid analogs, you know, actually, yes, you could do that. But I don't see why they wouldn't bring them in. Because there's no no situation regarding age. 3PO and R2 can look exactly the same. And you don't even have to get Anthony Daniels stuck in a, a 3PO costume. Just give him the voiceover. It's just the fact that 3PO is really annoying in the prequels. And <laughs> yes. You know, yes, he gets he is. more annoying the further through the films he gets. Because he's kind of a bit he of keeps making ass. puns. It's just, yeah, it's just, he's a robot. He can't be afraid of anything. He can't die. He's not alive. So why would he be cowardly? It's just... oh, Bear in mind... Really annoying. There are some hallmarks that they will probably keep just to remind people it's definitely Star Wars and not some Star Wars-looking thing. And there is a certain authenticity about having R2 and 3PO there that make people sit down and go, okay, I feel safe. It it made us think the prequels might be good. (laughs) Have them in there, but don't make them 
the focus. The, yeah, have them in the background. I, I'm more than happy with cameos, cameos from the, the Falcon, cameos from characters, the droids, all good. Planets, fine, whatever, but just don't have those two as the centre of it because, again, it's a crutch. You shouldn't need to rely on yeah. those characters to establish the new universe. I think it's less of a crutch than Darth Vader, but it is. Oh, definitely. That's not a crutch. That's a crock of shit. Is what <laughs> <I'm saying>. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking uh, worst idea in the history of cinema. Chris and Paris, droids first, then we'll yeah. talk about Falcon. Um, oh, I, yeah, go yeah, ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, I would, I would like to see the R2 and C3PO back, and, and yeah. I would also like to see them as the focus for the quote-unquote comic relief and and the tie-in to get the kids in. Because a big part of what made the prequels fail is, you know, they tried to do Jar Jar Binks and things like that, and they took they, they turned R2 into this robotic badass that could just take out anything that got in front of him, and they made C-3PO this bumbling fool. Yeah. Get back to the way they used the droids in the original trilogy, and I think they'll be fine. Um they're going to need uh, at least one Han Solo analog, though, because Han has all the best lines in the trilogy. Right. I, I do agree on that. But well, that, that's going to be key. Who's going to be the rogue hero that, that they cast? Mm. You know, Aaron Eckhart. <laughs> I think he's too old, though. Oh, no, not, not as Han. I just like son of Han, maybe. I really want to see a, a, a shattered universe. And, and for me, I just, I keep coming back to this, this powerful image of this new cast of characters mm-hmm. un- uncovering the mystery of what the, uh, what the Star Wars universe used to look like. Right. And so, you know, finding a, in shattered Millennium Falcon, I'm not really knowing what it, what it, what it is. And then, but the audience finally, you know, as, as the camera pans out, the audience finally realizing that this is the Millennium Falcon. And, and, and in that, in that Falcon could be, you know, you know, R2D2 and C3PO, you know, um, it personally, it really doesn't matter to me if I'm getting Alien 3 flashbacks here. <laughs> it, it really doesn't matter to me if they're in it or not, but, uh, but just to see this new cast, uh, rebuilding the Falcon, you know, uh, Ooh. uh, would be a, a big statement. See, yeah, uh, the Falcon is absolutely beloved, and there is no reason why it shouldn't be in like center stage in these films. For me, at least, I, I, I adore this thing, and uh, it's it's not a case of oh, it's too old now. It looks a bit rickety. Better starships have surpassed it. That's the whole point. The Falcon was never looked good in the first films. What a piece of junk! That's the point. It's supposed to look like a rickety old piece of crap, but you love that ship. Yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be happy with the Falcon and it would be the droids, but um, no. being center stage, the the downside is this is a this is a, a vessel for traveling through the vacuum of space. Yeah. There's a reason that cars don't last forever and that they're, you know, it's going to become massively outmoded technology and frankly dangerous to be in if it goes on for too long. You could, wouldn't be able to rebuild it enough. Mm. It, you know, we could get the long be- overdue noble death of Han Solo, which I talked about during the Jedi podcast mm. I mean, with the Falcon. I say have it in there. Just I, I think that uh, the more of a clean break the the better it's going to be in a lot of ways have cameos from all this stuff but mm. just don't don't make it a focus I don't know, with the, the, add 
cameos. It does seem like... Not cameos as such. We're going to end up with exactly like a giant cameos. checklist of, well, we've got to have someone... Co- Actually, that's what Star Trek Eleven did. They had an enormous checklist of what the things people remember about Star Trek. And they got, like, the most important 20 of them and, like, kept you know, 10, 20 other ones for, mm. for later films, but said, right, there's going to be a bit with that bug that goes into his mouth and then he tells the truth. There's going to be a bit with a green woman. There's going to be a bit where um, uh, Bones gets angry at Spock. And it, it kind of like Star Trek Eleven. it ticks boxes. It's very kind of, you know, giving people what they want. In lesser hands, that would actually have felt very forced. So they've got to be careful with that. I mean, with with that checklist, you can have one point, which is you've got Luke, Leia, Han, Lando, 3PO, and R2. Mm. You can meet all of those at the same time and get and basically tick one box at the same time. Yeah. They appear, you move on, you go away from wherever they are, because them all being together is fairly likely. Mm. 40 years in the future, they're, you know, they're, they're retired and whatever, and they're all just uh, chilling out in some kind of big country club or something. That could work <laughs> perfectly well, which would be an awesome country club. <laughs> Smugglers and Jedi would be brilliant. They make um, the Ewoks but, sing Yubnub morning <laughs> and night. <laughs> God. Um, but you could, you know, you could do something like that. I mean, if, if you go with Luke rebuilding the Jedi Order, Leia being, you know, uh, a key figure in, in galactic politics and Han basically just hanging around being a husband and, and a bit of a wise guy. You could have them all. Me, I used to be a bit of a wise guy. <laughs> I once read the Catedral in less than 12 past, actually. Okay, Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it feels like it will be up if we don't want to. This isn't a bad thing. But yeah, Han Solo with the Millennium Falcon held up by balloons. Yeah. But that kind of makes sense, actually, because he's the one person that would keep that thing going. He would look Mm. after that until he died, or it died, whatever. He would would keep that in his garage, and he'd he'd bring out on the occasional summer weekend for for a bit of a jaunt. Like I say, if one of them's going down in flames, it's kind of appropriate if both of them do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, And and Chewbacca, you guys are all saying nay? No. Again, let's let, let's get away from yeah. from Hang on, same reason as everything else. A different Wookiee then, Lowbacker. One. Are you just trying to get away with the entire Wookiee race? No, no, no. I think Wookiee <laughs> genocide. I think Wookiee should be in in the movie, obviously, mm-hmm. but to have one as the loyal sidekick just goes. Goes back to what we've already been looking at for the Crutches, last thirty yeah. years. Let's do some. How about a Wookiee as as a villain? Yeah, I mean because we we've all heard so much about how dangerous Wookies are. We've never we actually see really seen it. Arms out of their sockets. Yeah, bad Wookiee. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm totally down with that actually. And we need a bad Wookiee. We need to be afraid of this thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that actually. Um, okay, right. Here's what I'd like to see: women, lots of them. Female characters, please. This whole one woman per galaxy is rubbish. It's absolute crap. Especially if the only woman in the prequels is is, is an excellent actress made to deliver lines terribly. So uh, the whole, you know, Leah is the only girl thing, that's got to stop. We need lots of female characters. Like not mm-hmm. uh, approaching Joss Whedon levels of um, you know, appeal. Because for a start, then you'll get more female audience members and not girls who are like, okay, I'll watch Star Wars with you one more time, but we're watching Twilight for this one. 
which is a horrible, horrible stereotype. But ultimately, the more females are in the uh, are in there, the more there will be attention to characterization anyway. We need a Hermione in space. We need, Hell yeah. you know, I, 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 I really think, you know, it would be great to see the hero's journey, but, you know, this time instead of uh, Luke Skywalker, it's you know, a- have, have, have the woman on that journey. Totally. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely love, love to see something like that. I think on the side note, I've been writing a book for well over 11 years now, and, um, my recent revision, I just took this male character that I've been racking my brains on how to make them interesting over and over again and just then, right, okay, now it's a woman. And I just thought, right, how does this woman now fit in with the society that she's in? And it made it so much more of an interesting character. So um, not a bad idea, actually. Female smuggler, also possibly a latent Jedi. Just a suggestion. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, kind of seems vaguely familiar somehow. Yeah, a picture else? with red hair somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, she's got red hair. That's awesome. <laughs> Not that I'm thinking about another character who I think actually would make quite a good addition to this, even though we're supposed to let go of the expanded universe. Uh, what else do you guys want to see? Actually, no. Let's finish on what we want to see. Let's go with what we don't want to see first. Let's be all negative first. Um, don't I, don't, I don't want to see a red-headed uh, smuggler character that has <laughs> force powers. <laughs> you don't? No, I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. think that would be a great character. Someone should write that. Uh, well, okay, right. Here's one thing I want to see a lot less of. Lightsabers. Yes. When I was a kid, lightsabers were fascinating. Now, too much of them. They were used for every situation. They pulled out lightsabers and did something with them. Just, it was ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't think you're lightsabers going to get that. Well, no, not just just not lightsabers all the time. Yeah, Remember but, when you pulled out the lightsaber? It was like, oh god, it's it's on now. But it, but in the prequels, they do they pull them out yeah. of everything. Well, there's I mean, Attack of the Clones is is a hideously bad film, and lightsabers are way overused in it. But there's the the bit of uh, Geno's where they're all suddenly turn up and there's Jedi everywhere with lightsabers. You look at that sort of wide shot of that, it does look incredible, mm. but it's it's flogged to death and it loses its impact. Yeah. Something like that would be cool, seeing like a group of Jedi come in at some point in, in episode 7 and just kick ass against a bunch of other evil force users or whatever. That could work well. But yeah... I, I, they're supposed to be really, really rare. There's not supposed to be that many Jedi. So where the hell do they all come from? Yeah. This is a galaxy. It's it's huge. You can't gather that many people together, not unless you leave entire swathes of the galaxy open to uh, the predations of evil people. Mm. So it, it it got massively overused in, in the prequel trilogy, and I would very much like to see it go back to uh, the episode four, Star Wars, where people know what they are, but they never, ever, ever see them. Yeah. And if you see one, you are either very lucky or very unlucky, depending on how, how so you So when it. Obi-Wan whips it out in the cantina, Pondababa is like, oh no! Oh, wow! That's, that's, oh my god! Yeah, that would be... Uh, how did you do that for? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be... The, one of the rarest things in the world, you know, yeah. and it should be that way. And we, I, th- I would much rather go back to the, the, the tone of mm. the original trilogy, which is this, you know, normal people in in a fairly normal situation who don't come across Jedi's and, and 
politicians and stuff yeah. on, on ever, let alone on a regular basis. Ultimately, force affinity and using the force in general needs to be a rare and beautiful thing, not something that happens all day and every day and becomes mundane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys, what else do you want to see? Chris Paris. Um, no, not want to see. There's, yeah, there's there three things that are foremost in my mind. Uh, one, uh, racial stereotypes. Yes. Uh, two, galactic sen- senate. Oh, God. Yeah, keep the politics to a content minimum. God. Seriously. It's not and, interesting or important. Right, right. And three, and most important, midichlorians. Oh, God. Yeah, no, again, yeah, that's, that's cheapening the spiritual, um, impact of the force. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much a, uh, prequel apologist. You know, there's, I, I watch those three films, uh, again and again whenever I do my Star Wars, uh, viewings. I thought you were just um, saying, well, but, whenever I need my self-flagellation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel too you know, good about yeah, myself. You know, I, I, come on. You know, You've been a bad I, boy, I saw, Chris. I saw, I saw each one. I saw each one in theaters multiple times. I've seen them on, um, on DVD and Blu-ray multiple times. And, you know, I'm not going to beat a, beat a dead horse. You know, it's automatically, it's obviously a, at best a, a flawed, you know, uh, trilogy, but, but I did honestly enjoy them and I, and I continue to enjoy them. Uh, that being said, those, you know, those three elements, um, were my least favorites. Yeah. Um, well, some of my least favorites, uh, of, of those, um, uh, trilogy. I might actually even add a fourth, you know, uh, a really poorly written love story. Count, count up the amount of minutes spent on the romance in between, uh, Han and, and, and Leia in, in the, the original three trilogies to, to the romance in, in the prequels. You know, there's, there's a heavy and a, and a light touch, and I think Star Wars is better when it's a light touch. Okay, Paris, what don't you want to see? Well, you guys have pretty much covered everything that I don't want to see, so I'm not, I'm not just going to repeat, but you left out one thing, one big thing that I don't think any of us want to see ever again. If I see another partially constructed Death Star <laughs> hanging by the moon of some other giant planet with a shield generator on it and rebels need to go take it down, I think I might walk out of the theater. I, I don't – I'm done with the Death Star. They they Super recycled it twice. They used it twice as a, as a plot point. Not only did you have it you know, in the original movie, they recycled it and returned it to Jedi. Then you made it a plot point again. Again in the prequels twice. Yeah. What if this time I had a water park? <laughs> okay, I change. I, okay, okay. If, if if you have the big seven story seven story tall water slide, maybe yeah. I might want to see it. Darth, <laughs> Darth Vader's revenge or something. They call <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. No, I think I think super weapons in general. I mean, uh, again, uh, expanded universe. You think it's bad in the films? Jesus, there's been. Well, in addition to about three dozen various Death Stars, Death Star prototypes or whatever, there's been um, the Darksaber, which is basically just the super laser floating in space. There's been um, uh, Star Destroyers that are like 10 kilometers long with a super laser running down their spine. There's been tons and tons and tons of of these super weapons. And it kind of 
you get to you read begin reading the book and you get to oh it's a super weapon oh, okay and it's always a bit disappointing that that's going to be what the plot revolves around so yeah get rid of super weapons entirely I would say just don't don't go back to that at all. Um, going back to things we'd like to see, because I literally just thought of this, and maybe this would probably work more as a side story, but I would love to see a more personal, enclosed universe story for Star Wars. Like, let's say, like, again, this probably works better as a, as a side story movie, but we follow one character, maybe all the action happens on one planet. You know, everything just revolves around a couple different characters. We're not worried about the expanded universe. We're only worried about what's happening in this person's world type of thing. Maybe it's a, maybe you do something that's more of a mystery type of thing. Like, um, which, which Star Trek am I thinking of? Undiscovered Country. Undiscovered Country was actually pretty good to me because it took everything we knew about the original Star Trek cast, but it was actually a mystery movie, you know, and, and it was a whodunit type of thing that, you know, got resolved at the end. And I thought it was pretty good. And it was actually a great way to send off that original cast, which they completely bought later with the next gen stuff. But I, I would like to see something like that in Star Wars universe. I think it could work pretty well, but we would probably have to reestablish this universe, who the, who the characters are and all that. And then, spin off a side movie later on it, it probably wouldn't be something we'd see until probably after the, at least the first after seven seven and eight i would think for the spin-off stuff i think that's what they should explore um rather than just go for the 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 traditional star wars uh movie you could have a series following um or a mini series or whatever following someone through a very uh tight local story almost and there's been a bunch of short stories that that work and, and comic stories and so forth that work really well in that regard. One thing I'll actually be really happy not to be back is what they're being forced to do because of certain events that happen in the future. Because the prequels were hamstrung by what had to happen, Lucas ended up writing himself into a corner, and uh, which He's is why everything. That's why. Which is why everything happened in an afternoon in Revenge of the Sith because it's like oh, that's, everything all suddenly falls into place and it doesn't really make any narrative sense. But with that gone, with the sky blue and we could just, you know, fly off and just keep flying and keep going, there is no ceiling for us to go, well, this one thing has to happen, so let's not kill so-and-so. So, I mean, that automatically by the fact that they come from Star Wars means that we don't have that anymore. tell you one more thing i really don't want to see green screen everything in two and three that was done on green screen if it had been done on location would have had at least something even if it's just a set even if it was just pine wood would have had some sense of being crafted and actually being there um 
well, that was going to be something I want to see more of is, is practical effects yeah pre- more practical effects but I just marry it together I'm, I'm not going to say uh, just get rid of CG altogether because I mean it's, it was used to excellent effect in, in Lord of the Rings and could be used even better these days now that uh, the tech has m- moved on but ultimately with the Lord of the Rings films what I've been finding while I reviewed them is that they used something that was actually sculpted in real life dependent on scale as much as they possibly could up to the point where they were having to render things that actually would be too big to or too moving or too dangerous uh, to do in real life oh I just thought of something else I don't want to see and yeah. unfortunately we will see it because it's just the way things are going I don't want to see it in 3D or 48 frames per second but it's going to happen <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Fortunately, I mean, I'm seeing The Hobbit in 2D, so that shouldn't really um, uh, affect. There will be screenings, but obviously, they will. There are places in the country where you can't not see it in 3D, which is mm. terrible. Yeah, I'm having this argument with my friend about The Hobbit. He wants to see it in 3D, and I'm telling him that if he wants to see it with me, we're not going to. And That's, <laughs> that is a fine argument to make. Keep your foot down on that one. Yeah, I've never seen. A, I've never been to a 3D movie in the cinema, but I, I just don't have any real interest because I don't think I really don't think it's going to work for me I'd rather not risk a ticket <laughs> I'd rather not risk spoiling a film so um, as for what I would like uh, emotional storytelling and as, as you said intimate storytelling and um, characterization just focus on on being able to like like Pretty much everything that Star Trek Eleven did was like a, a model for how a returning Star Wars film would work well because they focused on Spock and Kirk and what motivated them as young people. And they changed things around to make them effectively different characters because these different huge events had ha- occurred to them which hadn't happened to the original guys. And that great idea. Make it about them and emotion. So... Whatever characters they bring in, we have to care about them straight away. Because that's one of the things that really drags down the prequels for me. I don't care about a single person in those films. None of them. You get no argument from me. <laughs> I want the return of the mystery. You know, I, I want the return of... Yeah. Uh, you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. That that the... Uh, you know, how, how are they going to... You know... I, bring back you know in my mind bring back the jedi you know again i want this universe where you know everything we knew has been torn down you mm-hmm. know and and we have that that's the thing i loved about that first star wars is everything was was about the old myths you know and rediscovering you know and and uncovering secrets about your family and about yourself you know and and i want i want that in in these movies new movies you know i would love to you know have have them be the rediscovery of what the force is again yeah Uh, another thing i really like to see the technology um everything in the prequels is far too shiny and far too pointy i missed and i think everyone missed the blockiness of things like x-wings and tie fighters this is what i was gonna say i want to see a return to that grubby yeah make do Tatooine that we saw in Star Wars, not the shiny, slightly dusty Tatooine that we saw in um, Phantom Menace. Nubian, yes. Yeah, and I, I just, I pr- much prefer the the world that's put forth in, in the original trilogy. It's it's on the edge. You don't really get to see that bright center that <laughs> Lou wants to go to so much because mm. most people don't live there. Most people 
deal in, in the real world and that's what I would much rather see that, that the outer rim the, the raggedy edge yeah, well not even the ragged I mean not right right out on the edge but just not the 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 very centre of the galaxy Nick just Orwell's. that, that yeah. much that more make do frontier you know uh, I'd like to see a series of guest directors the idea of uh, like with the Harry Potter films you know, a different director every time and you know just see how they they handle it and the ones that have been mooted apart from Zack Snyder it's it's all sort of intriguing oh okay that'd be interesting I'd like to see their approach Zack Snyder it's like no all you ever do is shiny style but no substance we need substance with these films Zack Snyder's the this opposite of what you is Tatooine <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, people have been mooted. I think um, almost all of them have denied it. Like Spielberg said that he doesn't work with these kind of movies. J.J. Uh, Abrams has said he'd love to do a Star Wars, but he's mo- almost certainly going to be going as a, uh, a paying customer, not as a, a creative type. But the, the idea that they're even batting these around as, as names is, is, is a great idea. And I, I like the idea of... Um, you know, because ultimately, if something worked, like like with the Harry Potter films, when they found David Yates and it really worked, they kept him for three more movies after that, which is a great idea. So, you know, just like shop around at this stage, you know, approach it in the uh, from the point of view that there is going to be a whole bunch of Star Wars films over the next ten years, and then maybe give it a rest for a while, maybe just you know leave that for a bit, and then bring it back again later. But if you Guitar Hero it too much and we get too much Star Wars. I think the, uh, Disney were originally misquoted as saying that they were going to be doing two to three Star Wars films a year. I think what they meant was one every two or three years. But, I uh, hope so. Yeah, two to three films a year is too much. I, mean, two, I suppose two to three things a year. Things. You kind of get away with... Like maybe a holiday special. A holiday special, a movie, and a TV, and a TV series, or yeah. a mini-series or something. Maybe, but even that's too much, really. Yeah. It would provide the opportunity films to... a year, and it's... Oh, a God. Yeah. I mean, it would, that would be a good way to explore a lot of the options, is to have yeah. um, a, a series of standalone episodes. Maybe. You could do all these, these little sort of more local, more intimate stories that way. But It's very easy to burn out on this kind of thing, though. Well, that's it, and, and, and I suspect that's probably what would happen, or certainly begin to happen. Yeah. Um, because Disney, let's be honest, they're not exactly... Uh, they're fairly well known for making lots and lots of money. <laughs> and, uh, when Michael Eisner was in charge, so. they, there was a, 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 a period where every single one of their 90s films, and a lot of their older films, were given a straight-to-video, god-awful, completely unnecessary sequel and or prequel. Uh, so that, obviously, is not the approach to make. Fortunately, Eisner is nowhere near Disney now. But the, the fact that John Lasseter and Joss Whedon are wandering their hallways surely is a good thing in terms of their creative focus at this point. Though, John Carter did still happen. Yeah. Which, by the way, looks like episode two with all those bug people. I was really surprised with 2015. It was like, you know, and yeah, episode seven happened in 2015. Seriously? That's like really close. So I think it was that was one of the things that surprised people the most because the immediate question would would have been well when are you going to do another Star Wars but they had the answer for us before we'd yeah. even finished the it makes me wonder how long this has been in the in the planning for how quite long some Lucas time has been discussing this with Disney for I remember hearing Lucas had planned to do a, 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 a sequel trilogy um, like up to two years ago I seem to remember I think it was when we were doing the um, Star Wars podcasts and uh, or, or just after that and I was I was thinking at the time Jesus no. No, I mean, he was gonna, the idea was he was gonna get the 3D ones done, 
and then go straight into the sequel trilogy. And the change of heart must have happened after that, for the reasons we mentioned earlier. So, uh, yeah, can't wait for episodes 2 and 3 to come out in 3D so that I can not watch them. But then 4, 5, and 6 will come out, and I will be straight to the cinema to see the 2D screenings of those. <laughs> and then, yeah, then we'll be in 7 territory. Uh, and I'm going to say as well, Disney are going to have more money than God in 2015, with Avengers 2 and Star Wars 7 coming out. Also, Star Wars tends to come out in May, and Avengers yes. was around about May time. <laughs> so uh, it's funny you bring that up because I was I was talking about this on another podcast last week. Oh, yeah. Now, since Disney owns both, look for the Avengers to get moved there because Star Wars will come out the first week of May. That's just tradition; it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They'll move it. Avengers. Move it you think Avengers will be Christmas? No, no, no. It'll stay in the summer, but just move it to July. July. Still, that's a two-month period, and the the year. Here's the thing: they bumped Harry Potter six for what? Say they Warner Brothers didn't expect the Dark Knight to be the massive success it was, and uh, Potter six was was going to come out that Christmas, but they bumped it forwards to the next summer so that their financial year would look the same two years in a row. Um, So it's almost like the Avengers could be held back even further. Truth. Yep. I hope it doesn't, because we all want Avengers. Well, except for Paris. No, in the theater, it would be fine. Just when you go home, you'll watch it and think it's terrible. I've seen it twice on Blu-ray, and it actually gets better each time. So I'm the opposite. Uh, For me, and I said this in the cinema when I tweeted, it goes Lord of the Rings, then Avengers, then everything else. For me, that's how much I love that film. And uh, like I said, seen it twice since. Love it so much. <laughs> but that's just me. Anyway, um, what do you know? What do I know? <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, and one more thing, Paris. Have, did you see the um, Prometheus animated lecture I did? Not yet, but I do have it cute. You and, and Jay have to see that because listening to your show kind of, it, listening to your show on Prometheus like forced me into just making that thing because I was like, right, there are questions here that need answering and yes, and they were right there. Uh, so yeah, you'll laugh and you'll smack your hand to your head and go, ah, oh, I can't believe I fell for that. But it's a, it's a great big trick. <laughs> I would definitely give that a watch. Cool. Okay. Um, thank you guys very, very much for coming on this one. And uh, we'll, like, come hell or high water, there will be more Star Wars podcasts at some point. And uh, you're, of course, welcome to come on those whenever you wish. Okay, so um, let's pimp your shows, shall we? Uh, Chris first. I can be found on the Married Gamers podcast along with my lovely wife, uh, all of which can, uh, can be found at themarriedgamers.net. What have you talked about recently? Uh, recently we talked about, uh, using fa- Facebook, uh, as a way to, uh, speak to your community. And, uh, uh, and then we just last night did a rather debauched, uh, Christmas show with a bunch of, uh, Fresno, California area podcasts. And Paris. You can, uh, find Remember When movie and TV podcasts I do with Jay over at filmtangent.com. Before you ask, we haven't done anything recently because uh, Jay just took a new job up in Seattle, 
So he's been in transition. So we purposely just, so he could get settled and everything. We just kind of took a hiatus, but we're actually going to record tomorrow. So, uh, we'll have a new episode here up in the next few days. What's he going to talk about? Or is that not, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, you want you know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about Return of Jedi. <gasps> You're doing the Jedi show. Yeah. I can never, finally hear about why you yeah. hate Jedi that much. <laughs> Oh, that is going to be a tough episode for me to listen to. And, 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 and let me give you a sneak peek. I just watched it again, and it's, and it's, it's brilliant. It's, it's just terrible. brilliant. It's a brilliant piece of film. It's, 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 a bad it's such a fantastic <laughs> film. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, listening to you talk about Empire, the only bit that made me go, what? I can't even listen to this. But I carried on was when you were talking about, wouldn't it be great if Obi-Wan had killed Luke's father? Yeah. Yeah, think it was it, it was a fascinating idea. I love it. Yeah. Um, so look, look for more of that uh, in a couple of days. Cool. Okay, and uh, Matt, uh, you got two podcasts. Which one do you want to talk about? Um, or both? Both. You can do find both. both Tunes and the Dotcast over at GameWithDot.net. Uh, Tunes is a somewhat sporadic podcast about video game music, and Dotcast is uh, three of us talking about what we've been. Playing, watching, and reading, which is every other week. What did you talk about on uh, last night's show? Uh, Twin Peaks, uh, Walking Dead, various comics I've been reading. Um, you say Walking Dead, you mean the video games? The video games, yes. And I didn't get kicked off. No one got kicked off the podcast this week. Yay! Breaking new ground. <laughs> did you go through uh, all of them then? Oh yeah, yeah, I've played them. Yeah. With yeah. enough peer pressure. Okay. I finally went. I finally broke, bought it, and, and realised I'd been an idiot for not playing it before. They are very. So good. yes, I actually played the fifth episode first this time. So uh, game for that lot. Okay, uh, and uh, we will be back next week. Oh. I finally finished Lord of the Rings. I, I, I have a bunch of podcasts lined up for you folks. I think one of them is going to be a Sound of Gonzo Star Wars episode. And uh, one of the other ones was actually me and you, Matt. We were going to watch the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> <laughs> we You've never we were? That. I'm going to de- deny all knowledge of this stupid idea I had. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea, and we should oh, definitely do that. It's a brilliant idea, but I don't want to have to be the person who has to sit and watch it, because it's... It's horrible. I've Someone's never heard anything good about it, apart from the brief appearance of Boba Fett in the animated section. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, it's the fact that it's so horrible that makes it watching. <laughs> okay, if we can find the time, then before Christmas we will watch that, or possibly between Christmas and New Year. I, I think will, it should be Christmas Day. <laughs> or Life Day if you're a Wookiee. And that actually happened. A week later, Matt and I sat down with Kyanix Gideon and watched the whole thing via YouTube. And stick around for the very, very end of this podcast for a brief snippet of our reactions to that. And before I go, I would like to announce for the first time on a Gonzo podcast the brand new crossover show that I'm co-creating along with the extended teams at Gameburst and Gamerdork. It will be a monthly release on all three feeds and every episode will feature one host each from these three websites. Our job is to bring a geek culture related topic to the table and discuss it among the group within a 10 minute time limit. Three topics per show plus quick tasters of the quality material we've been putting out in the previous month. It's the Avengers of podcasts, combining many heroes into a supergroup and the first episode in which James Batchelor, Leah Haydu and myself talk about the next generation of consoles, why just buying one of them might be a good idea, and the ups and downs of people on Twitter influencing creative development will be released on the 1st of February with episode 2 coming 1st of March and so on. The show is called Praxis Effect. 
and you can help us spread the word on Twitter and Facebook to get this potentially brilliant new show listened to. Okay, right. <laughs> so we will see you folks soon with some more Star Wars stuff. I've been Alex Shaw, and you've been listening to Digital Gonzo. Matthew, Dwayne, and Alexander watched the Star Wars Holiday Special. I just thought I'd show you some of the stupid stuff those Wookiees purchased on me. Oh, here. There's a hot little item that seems to be moving pretty rapidly these days. <laughs> That's why she's got, there's so many carpets, because they speak in code. She has to follow through the order, you see, <laughs> to maintain the cover. Another carpet, then. That's, he's, he's running a scam. <laughs> Possibly Scamola. God, this is awful. Would you want something with a very sharp needle that pierces ears, and you want to jam that into your eye to clean it? (laughs) Oh my god. And here we go. Matthew, Dwayne, and Alexander watch Jefferson's Starship. Hey, I brought Paper Mario sticker star today. I could be playing that. You could, and I am literally wasting your time. <laughs> okay, uh, whenever you're ready with the uh, adverts. Oh, sorry. Ready is okay. really the three. Right. Prepared? No, that's <laughs> raced. Okay, three, two, one, go. Right, part three. Oh, I'm sorry. This is. I mean, th- there's no two ways about it. This is torture of a kind. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, well, it's 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 all done in for podcasting. Okay. <laughs> this may be your lowest viewed podcast ever. I think it would be. I ain't gonna want to watch this shit. This is crap. This is not a podcast. <laughs> This is what he is. This is just a hair on his ass. He's got a bold ass. Okay. Everybody ready with part three and the hairy ass? Matthew, Dwayne, and Alexander watch Harvey Corman be a four-armed alien TV chef. This transmission oh, is He's a pantomime dame, basically. If this was in Spaceballs, it would kind of make sense and fit. True. It being in the Star Wars universe makes no sense. I suppose I should watch that, really. Yes, yes, you should. Instead of this serious, you're doing yourself no favors. Oh, I mean, you. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. That's the issue. This will stay with you like a terrible taste in your mouth forever. I always wanted to watch this, and now I don't know why. <laughs> well, you'll never be curious again. Not about anything. About anything? Yeah, no. It's, it's just part four, eight minutes fifty-three. Okay. That's good shit. But apparently, uh, it hasn't been any good shit thus far. Yeah. Look, he's stirring. Shit, shit, yeah. If we if we leave it too long, we're going to miss the rhythm of the stirring. Okay, so three. Oh no, the loin will go bad. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's like describing a BDSM sex act. This girl is not strong. Where did that come from? This is basically if someone beat Santa Claus to death with Luke Skywalker, it would do less damage to both Star Wars and Christmas. This is awful. Oh, Alex, I've never seen it. Oh, Kai, come join us. Matthew, Dwayne and Alexander watch an ageing Wookiee apparently jacking it in a virtual reality simulator of a woman. Well, it was kind of a honey trap, really. I just thought, you know, just just lay that one out there. <laughs> no honey in there. <laughs> it's just, it's basically a horrible slippery pit full of shit and spikes. <laughs> It's a sarlacc pit that's been used as a toilet, is what it is. Basically, yes. <laughs> oh, did anyone see Russell Howard the other day? Why did that remind you of Russell Howard? <laughs> his, his celebrity guest was Boba Fett. This Wookiee is going to pound his Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's just that's the final nail in the Star Wars coffin. He's gonna, so don't, don't start mentioning so he, He's going to peel the hood off that Ewok. Oh, dude, don't make me burn all of my Star Wars stuff. There's too much of it. It's very simple. You just put it in a box and then send it to me and I will take care of it for you. I don't want, don't want to hate Star Wars. Stop making me hate Star Wars. I should probably turn this off because it's get, it gets worse. <laughs> or better. I'm actually genuinely worried I might start liking this at the end. I'm not worried about that this at all. It's like a defense mechanism. <laughs> like like being tortured, like you sort of not lean enough. into it and try and reach that point of ecstasy. Kind of like, a, kind of like Stockholm Syndrome, yeah. Yes, where you develop a deep relationship with your torturer. <laughs> I don't even know what that was for a second. It's just... <laughs> well, of course, the Wookiee's penis is on their chin. <laughs> This is just the most bizarre thing ever. 
god. It's a very close shave. <laughs> a Wookiee without a pea Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I believe what you're getting right now is uh, exhaustion setting in. <laughs> I'm just going to my happy place. <laughs> I think it, Lumpy is doing the same thing. <laughs> oh. Happy place them. violated. Excellent. Matthew, Dwayne and Alexander watch a Nazi bully some Wookiees. And this guy's like... He's well, bearing in mind that... You've in the actual stunt doubles. <laughs> this guy just looks like he's wandered onto the set by accident. Yeah. Oh, oh God, he's oh, doing shit. the gloves. He's the gloves slapping thing, isn't it? Yeah. These are not them. You're right. That's exactly what it is. Totally. <laughs> Exceptional escape, princess. But all for naught. <laughs> <laughs> now, shit. Spaceballs looking pretty fucking funny right now, isn't it? I, I own Spaceballs on DVD. I am going to run to it. Caress it and watch it as soon as this is over. Where the real money from the movie is made. Oh, this is the most awful thing ever made ever in the history of ever. There are turds that have been better produced than this. <laughs> Literal turds that men have looked back into the bowl and gone, I'm quite proud of that one. We should say that. Of uh, working in a pub, you do see some massive shit. <laughs> One time I've walked into the toilet, like, you literally walk in through the doors, on the left, there's three cubicles right there, literally right there. I've walked through the door and it's just a perfectly formed turd right in the middle of the floor. You couldn't go that extra two feet. (laughs) (laughs) Me just left just where we stand. See, was in the car just walking in and going, I can't quite make that, just dropped her out. And that'll do. (laughs) That goes on the floor, right? Yeah, I am. Oh, God. This, just the very concept of this is just so bizarre. Oh, God. Oh, let's take this smash <laughs> franchise with laser swords. Fucking laser swords. People can choke people with their mind. Blasters call people in spaceships. And we'll make a variety act for Christmas. Why? <laughs> it can't even be for money. Surely it can't even be for money. I mean, why did... Just, what? That's the most bizarre thing ever. Apparently Ralph Garman, one of the voice actors for Family Guy, explained that the Star Wars Holiday Special is one of the most infamous te- television programs in history, and it's so bad that it actually comes around to good again, but passes it right up. <laughs> it's so bad it comes back around to good and then carries straight... It to bad again. <laughs> it screws up bad's integer. Matthew, Dwayne, and Alexander watch Harvey Corman again. Only this time he's a malfunctioning robot man thing. <laughs> it's just like seeing a tedious old man on the disco floor doing the robot. Are we watching a man have a breakdown on live TV? <laughs> Jesus, Harvey, you were fucking heading the mar on blazing saddles, for God's sake. You could do good things. What was wrong with you? Interesting link to Spaceballs there. Well, yes. I I just had a thought. At some point, this will be over. (laughs) And then our lives could go on again. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to recover from this. I don't... No, no. There are some hands that run too, too deep. Can move on from this. 
I have to say, Life Day's rubbish. Christmas is much better. Yeah. Christmas has less Nazis. <laughs> well, I can't... I've never celebrated Hanukkah, so I, can't, I imagine that's better. <laughs> Being punched in the testicles is better than this, let's be honest. Then again, a punch in the testicles will be over a lot quicker than having to watch this again. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm thinking fondly to the idea of being punched in the testicles. <laughs> How sweet that would be in comparison. Go on, go on, have at it. Go I'm on. punching myself in the testicles Every right now just for some blessed relief. Just <laughs> some relief from the horrible tedium of this bullshit. Just to feel something. <laughs> Matthew, Dwayne and Alexander watch an old woman talking to some men dressed as giant fruit. Girls, I bought a lot of underwear for my boys. Oh my... That, that, that is the creepiest... Just bizarre. Holy shit. Uh, how, she's seeing talking enormous fruit. That's racist. Oh, that is the racistest thing ever. Black guy dressed as purple grapes. Black guy dressed as green grapes. And finally, Matthew, Dwayne and Alexander watch a deeply chemically addled Carrie Fisher attempting to sing a Christmas version of the Star Wars theme song. This holiday is yours, but we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom. This holiday is yours. This brand however, is mine. Holiday I have ever seen. This brand, this brand is also mine. Thanks very much. I really was very drunk. <laughs> this syringe and this line is also mine. Thank you. Double shocking. I recognise your foul stench. I can't move. My God, her head is swimming back and forth as the acid takes hold. What's Harrison thinking at this point? What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I really want to get messed up in this family. I could be, I could be building a cupboard at this point. <laughs> I would be killing myself right now. Oh man. Uh, Clone Wars looking pretty good right now. That <laughs> was truly, truly awful. Truly outrageous. So, would you watch it again? No, under no oh. circumstance. I would sooner <laughs> kill myself. So, okay, right. On those those new circumstances, do you now see what a horrible ordeal I had to go through to show this to you? <laughs> you should be thanking oh. me for sitting oh, yeah, back again. <laughs> Next time, but, I'll just put some see, pencil on the floor made of razor blades, and I'll drag my balls across. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe just crap on the floor. Uh, <laughs> thing is, you say we should thank you, Alex. What you could have done was not suggested this at all, and I wouldn't be in hell. <laughs> so I'll thanks, be thanking you for not making but, <laughs> but now you can now boast about it on Twitter. I'm never going to tell anyone about this. Why not? If anyone goes, were you in that podcast? No, I just want to sound like that. was a hologram. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, Alex did invite me, but I told him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the <big> off voices. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
No, he basically took every every time I've had my voice recorded and dubbed me in sounding like <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> Meanwhile, you could go and erase the memory with mind rubbers. A bit like that episode of South Park with Shana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, since at the very, very end, he ends up as Darth Vader. <laughs> Everything ties back into Star Wars. Fighting the Frizzies at 11.